This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello and welcome to the latest Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo. I'm your host Matt Addison with Paul Gorst, Ian Doyle and Joe Rimmer alongside me for a look back at Atletico Madrid, a preview of the weekend's tricky clash away at West Ham United and a look at the latest injury news with Roberto Firmino set for a spell on the sidelines. Let's start with the Champions League though, where Liverpool confirmed their place in the last 16 with a couple of matches to spare on Wednesday. And Paul, I'll come over to you first. Liverpool obviously now have the option to rotate against AC Milan and FC Porto. That's probably the biggest thing with this result, isn't it? That the Champions League now can take a little bit of a backseat for a few months. Oh yeah, 100%. Um, I was looking at the fixtures post-international break, uh, which starts at Arsenal on November 20th. And I think between that game and the end of the year, I think Liverpool played 12 times. Um, so two of those are effectively dead rubbers, which will be music to Klopp's ears. He's also got the Carabao Cup quarterfinal in there, which you'd expect it to be heavily rotated again. So I suppose it's just about managing managing the squad and picking and choosing horses for courses. Um, so the injury for Firmino, which I'm sure we'll come on to, is not ideal in that sense, but um, at a time when he's getting Thiago back, Fabinho back, I think he said today, didn't he, that Milner um, and Jones after the international break. Jones is, is fine, but I think it might be one of those kind of concussion protocol things where you, you have to sit out a couple of games. Um, looks as though he's going to be getting back numbers in key areas. He's, you know, he's, hopefully Joe Gomez will be fine after the international break. So it's pretty much just going to West Ham with, with what they have and hopefully they can get through and then um, get some um, solid couple of weeks of, of training under the belt for the likes of Thiago because um, he hasn't gone with Spain. and um, Milner obviously carrying along his his recovery and the other side of the break, hopefully Klopp will have plenty of numbers because he's going to need them, isn't he, with, with that incredible run. But it is... You know, massively good news that Liverpool can effectively kind of write off two of those in the Champions League. And then when you're looking at it, the uh, schedule becomes a little bit more manageable. Yeah, I think it's worth mentioning, Doyley, that Liverpool can get, I think, two and a half million for a win in, in each of those games. There's obviously last season's example of, of the Michelin game where maybe a few people expected a few more changes and then Diogo Jota played and ended up being injured for about three months, didn't he? So, I suppose the, the positive is that they can make changes, there's no pressure on it, but we probably shouldn't expect complete wholesale changes for those matches. Well, Simicast got injured as well, didn't he, in that game? So there was there was the pair of them. Um, Midgetland, of course, as Theo, Theo Squires is not here, calls them. But uh, now I wrote about that after the game, actually, basically saying it's going to be a bit of a balancing act because, well, you'd imagine Liverpool in normal circumstances beat Porto at home. That's two and a half million quid. And Milan away? Maybe, maybe not, but it's you know, and, then, and also there's the whole question of the okay, Liverpool have done their bit, but they won't want to be seen just be throwing out any old team, will they? Because you know, there's the, the whole integrity of the competition, although they, they played everybody at least once, they played Atletico twice, so can't really complain too much about that. The opposition, so yeah, I think, um, I mean, the, the strange thing is, nearly everybody's played anyway already this season. It's not as if it's been the same Liverpool team all the way through. They've been rotating. Look at the centre backs. There's only really Nat Phillips who hasn't played that much. I mean, but you would, and then you know the forwards, okay. But Origi's played in the Champions League. You know, Minamino's played a couple of games in the in the League Cup. 
and and scored you know was it three two goals no three goals three goals so yeah there will be changes but as you know as Gorsi said they played so many games over November and December it would be daft for Klopp to put two you know you, you can't see Van Dijk playing in those games for example you can you know maybe Salah might go might say I fancy playing in one of those and you might you know with the other injuries that, that there are that they might have to play one or two more of the senior players but Overall, it's a good chance for the likes of Tyler Morton, Nico Williams, players like that to get some minutes. And, you know, imagine going to, to the San Siro, Tyler Morton stepping out in playing in midfield in what might well be a must-win game for AC Milan. Imagine what that would be like. So this is a chance to give those kind of players, the ones that Liverpool, you know, hold a lot of stopping for the future, some much-needed experience just to see what they can do. Yeah, AC Milan already out, I think. I'm not sure whether they can get into the Europa League or, or not. But uh... I think they can get in the Europa League, surely. They must be able to. I think you have to get minus points to get to not get in the Europa League this year. <laughs> well, we'll see. Uh, I'll, I'll double check that at some point before then, I'm sure. But uh, Joe, just before we pick out a, a few individual performances, we should probably talk about uh, the Liverpool performance in general. Obviously, the, the second game against Atletico, where the uh, opponents go down to 10 men. But nonetheless, a really impressive and, and dominant performance, really, from Liverpool. Absolutely, yeah. I thought the first, they scored in the 12th minute, didn't they, Liverpool? And I thought the first 10 minutes or so, it was quite even. Obviously, Atletico had some good attacks. Um, they had the chance, didn't they, where their, their player sort of overhit the cross um, from the right-hand side of the box. But then once Liverpool got their goal, Atletico looks a bit scared, really. And I think Liverpool then just turned the screw on them. Their pressing, their energy was really good. And Liverpool just kept their foot in the gas right throughout. You know, I know that they they, they only scored the two goals and didn't score after Atletico went down to 10 men, but they could have done. Now, obviously, they had the, the tight offside for Jota and there was a number of other chances. And I just thought it was a really professional performance from Liverpool. Um, I think Klopp spoke in his press conference today about, I'm sure we'll go into individuals in a minute, but he spoke about Oxide chamberlain and the maturity he showed in the game. And I think throughout the team, there were some mature performances. I think they all played at a very high level without putting themselves at any risk. Um, you know, and kept the ball well, and I thought I thought it was the type of performance that just confirms here. Yeah, and I know we already know this, but it's it's nice to have it confirmed that Liverpool are one of the very very best teams in Europe and one of the contenders for this competition. The way they've gone about their their play in this group, I think, has been hugely impressive. To win in Atletico, I thought was a, a big 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 statement, um, and I think it, enough wasn't made of that because to go away and beat a side that haven't been beaten in Europe since what was it? Did someone say? Like making this up since like 2011, something like that. They haven't been beaten at home in Europe. Um, you, are that years? Years. you are making that up. You are making that up. Four years. Yeah. Four years. Well, four years, ten years. It's the same thing, isn't it? But anyway, yeah, it's a long time anyway. And, and they are champions of Spain. So Liverpool went there and won. I thought that was hugely impressive. And then to go and beat them at Anfield with relative ease, again, really, really good. So, you know, puts Liverpool in a very good position. And, and you talk about them making changes in the next couple of games. You know, I think they would have made some changes anyway, but but it's a good time, isn't it? The likes of Minamino, the likes of Origi, they're going to need more minutes under the belt because they're going to be needed in January and, and in late December when those games come. So it's good for them. They need more minutes, um, especially the likes of Minamino, who's done really well, as Doyle's just pointed out, when he's been on the pitch this season. So, um, you know, he's unlucky that he's all behind the best front three, four around, and now he'll get some more minutes. So, it's a really, really positive result. 
Yeah, plenty of, of positives. We'll come on to a, a few more of those very shortly. But just before we do, we will touch on that one downside, Gorsty, the uh, the injury to Roberto Firmino, a serious hamstring injury. Jurgen Klopp called it earlier today. It's uh, mm. it's a big blow for him, and it's a big blow, I think, for for Liverpool as well. Yeah, it really is, isn't it? Um, I think he's probably been in his best form for eighteen months, two years, Firmino, um, and he's just. You know, it's not his first hamstring of the season, is it? But, you know, we're only into early November and he's already had, you know, this is his second hamstring injury and Klopp called it a serious one. And I thought it was quite interesting that he was willing to kind of give a little bit of an estimate on how long Firmino was going to be out for. He said four weeks, didn't he? Normally, he just point blank refuses to place any time frame on anything. And before, you know, they've been out for two or three months. We've seen that with Thiago last season and Jota and... We've even seen it with Thiago this season, to be fair. He's only just come back after six weeks. So, um, hopefully, booking the trend means that it will be sort of around that time frame. And it's, so, it's going to be a month out. Two weeks of that is international break, which will be, you know, quite beneficial. Klopp said he's a quick healer today as well in his press conference. And hopefully, he doesn't miss too many games. But you're looking at the fixture list now. You'd think that Mayside Derby on December the 1st probably going to come too soon. Uh, obviously, a big game against Arsenal as well before then. So, it's not an ideal situation, but, um, you know, Diogo Jota is there for exactly these kind of situations. So, hopefully, it's not too much of a detriment. But, yeah, it's um, another injury at uh, an unideal time for Liverpool, really. Yeah, I suppose that the one big hope, Doyle, is that we saw Sadio Mane and Diogo Jota play really quite well, actually, midweek. They're going to have to keep that up for, for the next few games, at, at least. And I suppose with Mane, it's it's eight goals in, in 12 starts now this season. They've got other options, at, at least, with Firmino being absent. Well, just before we go any further, Milan can still qualify, by the way. I just checked. They're on one point. I think it's five and four for the other two. So there is a way that they can still get through. But... Going back to, yeah, Mane, Mane's an interesting one, isn't it? Because if you believe what some people were saying literally about four weeks ago, it's like he's, he's finished, he's over. It's like, as you say, what was it, eight goals in 12 starts? And I think he's only come on a sub in one, one game. So, you know, even then, eight and 13. Any any Premier League, in fact, any leading European forward would want those kind of numbers. And it's been interesting because I actually believe that against Bryant, he was probably Liverpool's best player, outfield player, because Alisson was the man of the match. He was the one that caused you know them a few problems and was a bit lucky to have that second goal disallowed. And again, I guess it let's go and he was only on there for 45 minutes. And we know why he got substituted, Klopp said, you know, just to stop him from being sent off again. And it's interesting. What, what's he done to, to Diego Simeone? Let's uh, let's go and what's he done? What, 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 why did he just not, you know, they just don't like him, do they? Or do you think I think it's a weak point, but it certainly backfired on them, didn't it, on, on Wednesday? Because Mane, you know, he has started. He's getting, he's getting his goals, which is good enough. But his last two performances, as I say, that was a bit more like the Manning of old. He was, you know, for the second, for the for his actual goal that he scored, Liverpool's second. Uh, Jurgen Klopp made mention of it uh, today, is that not enough was made of the fact how he won the ball and went across across the field. And, you know, it was him that was, who set up the goal and then showed the presence of mind to follow up on Alex Ox, uh, on a Trent Alexander-Arnold's shot. So, yeah, he will be needed. Jota's the one, though, isn't he? I mean, again... He's going to be the one that's probably going to be playing down the middle now uh, with Firmino out. 
that will cause a little bit of a, of a change because as Gorsi said, I think Firmino has been playing quite well lately. The way he's been dropping into midfield, I mean, the, he, he didn't score against Manchester United, but you know, everybody in the press box was raving about the way he played. United couldn't get anywhere near him. I think Jota's a different kind of player, but he'll offer the, a different kind of threat. And if we've seen something over the past 12 months with Jota is that wherever he plays for Liverpool, he can score goals and you know he gets important goals as well, like the first one on Wednesday. Yeah, absolutely. Plenty of, of praise for those two. Plenty of praise as well, Joe, for Costas Simikas. There's been a little bit of chat in some quarters that he might be at Andy Robertson's level. What, where do you sort of see that match up? And is there any sort of chance, do you think, over the next few weeks that we might see a little bit more of him as a result of that? I mean, Klopp spoke about it himself in his press conference today, didn't he? And said, look, he pretty much said he's not at Andy Robertson's level. Andy Robertson's the best left back in the world. And I'd go along with that. Um, but he's he's become an extremely reliable option for Liverpool. Um, I really like him. I think he's he's got a lot of really good, you know, he's aggressive. Um, defensively, I don't think he's quite as good as Robertson, but he works really hard and battles well. And then he gets forward really, really well. He's a different type of player, isn't he, in the way that he crosses the ball. I think Robertson likes to cross it from a bit deeper. He seems to go beyond and get to the byline and, and dink little crosses in. And he seems to have a good a good little rapport with, with Jota, doesn't he? Nearly, nearly scored Jota from a cross um, late in the game. And yeah, I mean, I, I think he's, I think he's been managed perfectly. I think last season, you look back, he came in, obviously Klopp made a lot of, I didn't want to put him in the team, with a lot of defensive changes. And it was a risk because Liverpool have had a lot of injuries, and especially last season. And, you know, Randy Robson basically played the full season at left back, um, Klopp stuck to his guns, didn't put Chamikas in much. And then he's come in this season and, and he seems to have benefited from it. So I think I think it's really, really good management from Klopp again. And it's got the best out of him. Um, he's a cracking option for Liverpool to have. And I'm, I'm sure he'll play in both of those Champions League games now. He'll be playing in the League Cup. And I'm sure there'll be one or two Premier League games that he makes an appearance in um, during the, the busy period. But yeah, it's, it's, it's good to have a, an option on that side that you feel like Liverpool don't really lose a lot um, when they put him in, so really, really pleased and um, yeah, big fan of him. Think he's a think he's a really good player. Yeah, plenty of of depth, Gorstia at left back. Plenty of depth as well. It seems at the moment in midfield with a couple of players coming back. Thiago and Fabinho back. Oxley Chamberlain did pretty well in midweek. What did you make of those three on the night? I suppose would it be fair to say it was Oxley Chamberlain's best performance since the last time Atletico Madrid came to England? Yeah, I was just about to say it. It was his best performance for, for a long, long time, wasn't it? He hasn't really seized the um, the opportunities in the League Cups, particularly against Preston. I thought he was quite poor. Um, it was a big chance for him to take the game out of scruff of the neck and give Klopp a bit of a reminder. But I suppose Klopp would counteract that by saying he doesn't really need one, and, and he can know he knows all about Oxley Chamberlain's qualities. And, and I thought I thought he was excellent the other night. He, he gave the ball away. There's a couple of occasions I can think of where one went out to play, another one-handed possession back to Atletico. But generally, I thought he was very good. He, he was getting back in and helping out defensively and knitting play together. And um, just kind of maybe a little bit of a reminder to the likes of us who um, perhaps some some have written him off, um, maybe unfairly. But yeah, what he needs to do now is just, just build on it, really. And, and obviously, um, he could be in line for... A Premier League run out on Sunday and then after the international break Milner and, and Jones will be back and Thiago will have a bit more under his belt so the competition will get a bit 
fierce for places in midfield. But um, yeah, it, it was a it was a good performance from him. I just want to see more of that now. You know, when whenever he plays, just keep that level up um, because he's he's got to take whatever opportunities come his way now because there's that many fighting for places in that three man midfield. He's played well, hasn't he? Sorry to jump here, but in the past at West Ham, I'm, I'm right in saying yeah. that. I feel he's he's had a couple of good games, and, and I think, you know, I, I think Oxley Chamberlain is is really needed to this performance, and Liverpool are going to have to rely on him. But yeah, I thought he was really good on on Wednesday night. He, he gives Liverpool. He's very different as needs to their other midfielders, and I think against West Ham they're going to probably try and counter attack. They've opened them up like that in the past, and he's good at carrying the ball. So I think he'll come in handy. It's, He's got into good form at the right time for Liverpool in terms of how much they need him and the game that they're going to play against the team that he tends to do well against. Just before we move on then to, to have a look at that West West Ham game, I should say, in more detail, Donny, it was a, a club record or level with a club record, 25 games unbeaten now for Liverpool, kind of gone a little bit under the radar. I think that they've stayed unbeaten for that long and I suppose it's especially impressive when you think of the teams that they've played in that time, both Manchester clubs, Chelsea, Atletico Madrid twice. OK, there's been a few drop points here and there, Brighton last week, for example, but it's uh, it's not something to be sniffed at, I don't think. No, I mean, to be honest, I did a bit of research into this the other week when I think they got to 22 games or 23. And I was surprised that they hadn't had longer unbeaten runs, but it's all competition. So, you know, they've had long as league unbeaten runs. And we know that, in fact, the longest one was under, under Klopp, isn't it? I think. Is it 40 odd games? I, think, I, can't, I can't remember. It's off my head. Obviously, it was that spell where Liverpool have had a very long time without losing at home, but just in all games, all places, all competitions, to go that many games unbeaten is, is, is you know, is, is rightly should be lauded. I think I, th- I don't think enough's being made of it to be honest, because I think kind of people have. I mean, people are kind of getting because they see the likes of Man City winning all these games and Chelsea winning all these games. I think people think that's kind of normal, but it isn't. We've said this. I've said this before on the uh, on the podcast that you know. This Liverpool team is probably up there with the best has ever been. It's just unfortunate that, certainly with City, this other club that's got an awful lot more money and you know quite just as good players and a, and a decent manager as well. So that's unfortunate. But yeah, 25 games unbeaten. If they get it to 26, I think that's something that perhaps people should should make more of because it's very very difficult to, as you say, the, the teams that they played. And of course, some of those games were with nobody there. That's the other thing as well. So it's not exactly been a normal kind of unbeaten run and certainly the ones towards the end of last season were under the pressure of we need to win to actually get back into the Champions League to finish in the top four which nobody kind of thought they were going to before they started that run they carried it on into this season and I actually can't see it lasting too long because if they're playing these dead rubbers in the in the Champions League there's a probably very good chance that they might slip up in one of those but the longer it goes on the better although as we're going to discuss in a minute I think the, the West Ham game on Sunday is going to be very difficult yeah, let's move on now to, to West Ham Ghosty. I'm sure they'll go into this one full of confidence, thinking that they certainly can get a good result against Liverpool. What have you made of, of David Moyes' team, not just this season, but last season as well? Because it's it, it's been you know, a good few months that they've been playing really good football there. Yeah, it's not really a kind of bit of a purple patch now, is it? They've been, they were right up there last season until the final weeks of the season when sometimes teams with the smaller squads can fall away and um, that happened to West Ham, you forget, up until, what was it, April? You know, you're looking at it thinking they were in, in with a shot of, of Champions League football. I think built a really good squad there. Asni Mikel Antonio is now just a fully-fledged number nine who, who leads the line. And they've got loads of kind of 
tricky uh, playmakers in behind him, the likes of Fawn Owls and um, the guy from the championship whose name has just escaped me. Um, obviously, Jared Bowen's there as well. Declan Rice behind them, who I just think, you know, me, me and Joe were having this conversation last week. You know, I think he's just growing into a top-class Premier League midfielder. So, um, Ben Rama, that's who I'm thinking of. There's, um, so, there's loads in that West Ham squad now, and, and you're looking at it and you're thinking they're no longer on a bit of a good run. This is now a, a really good team who are going to cause problems for some of the best in the league, and, and Liverpool will um, will be wary of, of Sunday. Um, last season, it wasn't as difficult as it could have been, but um, kind of write that off with, with the lack of fans and whatever else. But I don't think West Ham's a place you go where it's a bit of a cauldron, is it? You know, the fans are miles away from the pitch, and um, if West Ham get a result, it's normally because they played well as opposed to fans helping them through it. So um, it'll be a tough one because West Ham are absolutely flying, aren't they? I've seen them against United earlier this season. They were so unlucky not to come away from from that one with any points. Mark Noble with the missed penalty with the last kick of the game. But yeah, it's, um, this will be a tough one. And, and, you know, I think they'll make it difficult for, for City and, and Chelsea as well this season. So uh, Liverpool's just got to continue it with the kind of form that they showed against that let's go and perhaps less with the form against Brighton after half an hour. I think that the most impressive thing for, for me, Joe, in terms of West Ham is just how well they've dealt with this European football that they've got. It's something we see so often with these teams that get into the Europa League. They maybe struggle in that or struggle in the Premier League as a result, but they've already topped their European group just like Liverpool have. And you know, even if they lose to Liverpool on Sunday, they will still be inside the top four for the international break. It's just been a, a really good start to the season for them. Yeah, absolutely. We see so many teams drop off, don't we? The most impressive thing for me is is how passionate Gorsi's dog is about West Ham. He really wants to get his opinion across there, doesn't he? he I, I, I have to was... every Friday, every, every club. <laughs> <laughs> he's obviously a big Hammers fan, isn't he? But yeah, no, I, I think um, Moyes has done a cracking job there. He just saw it coming, you know, his, his second spell at the club. But um, they've got a good blend, haven't they, between like a quite physical sort of mid-table team that I think you know, in the past Liverpool have struggled with and then some really good, skillful attacking players that, that you know, they've, they've got that blend of you can't expect one style of play from them. And I think it'd be really tough for Liverpool. I, I, you know, we'll do our predictions later on and, you know, I'll probably go full doily because I think this is going to be, you know, a really, really tough away test. You know, possibly the most the toughest away test Liverpool have had this season so far. And they're banging form. Antonio just seems like he's going to relish it. Um and I think for Van Dijk, this will be one of the toughest tests he's had physically since he's come back um, from injury. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what Liverpool go with. You know, I, I was you know, looking at Kanate last week. I was surprised that they went with Kanate against Brighton. I thought they might have saved him and put him in against West Ham with him being a, a taller player and defending set pieces. But, you know, it, it, after he sort of was dragged around against Brighton, I wonder whether they'll go with Matic. But West Ham pose a really, really interesting challenge. Um, and I think if Liverpool go there and win, it would be a really good statement and a really good three points um, because, you know, going into this Christmas period, well, we're a little bit far off the Christmas period, going into the international break um, on the back of a big win like that will give them a lot of confidence. 
Yeah, Joe mentions there, Doiny, the, the centre-back situation. Obviously, we'll come on to our full teams later on. But I suppose with Joe Gomez out, it is a straight decision between Matip and, and Konate. Which way do you think Jurgen Klopp might be thinking about it? Was possibly the fact that Matip played midweek an indication that he might go for, for Konate on Sunday? What about Nat Phillips? Matt Phillips made his debut against uh, West Ham, the Premier League debut, sorry, against West Ham last year. And he and he, he played up at the game at uh, at the London Stadium alongside Jordan Henderson, I seem to recall. And Liverpool won both of those games. thing is, Antonio didn't play in either of those games. I think people forgot that. Um, but he's, no, it probably won't be Phillips, will it? Um, it I, I, it's a tough one, isn't it? And kind of with, I yeah, I think Matip will play. I do think Canati's still got a little bit left to learn. I think... Matip is kind of under underestimated, I think, in terms of his physicality. I mean, he played against the game against Burnley uh, very early on in the season. Remember, he, he had a couple of challenges. I think it was Chris Wood who and actually Bounds who tried to just knock him over. And uh, referees didn't give anything for one of them. And that's when Klopp was kind of, you know, at that start of the season where, where managers were going, come on, I know we want stuff letting go, but we have to give fouls for some things. And I think it's kind of, things have settled down a little bit since then. So, but with Antonio, it's not just Antonio, though, is it? It's, you know, as mentioned Jared Bowen, you know, and, and Birama and I think, uh, who was it, Fornals, that's who Klopp says always scores when I then checked and he's actually only scored twice. But I'll tell you what, Antonio scored five in five separate games against Liverpool. So if they want to keep somebody quiet, he's going to be him. And as, as the lads have said, Van Dijk will be tasked with sorting him out. Antonio will go straight on to wherever the other centre-back is and then we'll see what happens from there because we've seen this happen so many times. They just the other team just bypassed Van Dijk. But I think this might be a game where Van Dijk has to actually go, hang on, right, I'm going off after him. Where do you stand on it, Gorsty? I mean, I suppose that the fact that Fabinho is probably going to come back is is going to help as well. But like Doidi says, it, it's not just the, the sort of speed and, and power that Antonio's got. It's those players in behind him as well. Whoever it is, it's going to be a, a big, big test for them defensively. It will be, yeah. As I said in my, in my last answer, West Ham have... Come on, leaps and bounds under David Moyes, haven't he? But um, I'd be wary of, of focusing too much on on their strengths. Um, this is not a Chelsea, it's not a Manchester City. It's a team who Liverpool can beat, you know, nine, nine out of ten times if they, they show up and, and they play like they can do. Um, so talking of, of Antonio and his goals against Liverpool, yeah, of course he will be one to watch. But I imagine West Ham are sitting in the training ground today thinking, well, Mo Salah scored nine times against us since he's been at Liverpool. So... You know, they're going to be even more wary of, of the power that Liverpool have in their squad. So I suppose it's just a case of showing up and, and imposing your game on West Ham, isn't it? And as you say, Fabinho in there just to mop up any kind of second balls that Antonio might win against Matip and or Van Dijk. But um, I think it will be Matip and, and I think alongside Van Dijk, that's pretty formidable as, as defensive partnerships go. If you're looking to kind of bombard them aerially, so... Um, yeah, it'll be tough, but I suspect if Liverpool approach it with the right attitude, they should have more than enough to beat West Ham. Yeah, certainly a, a test for the Liverpool defence, but certainly a test for the West Ham attack as well. They won't have come up against Van Dijk and co too many times this season anyway. So, uh, Joe, just in terms of, of one more thing before we move on to do our team selections and match predictions and all the rest of it to, to finish off, I wanted to, to touch on Declan Rice. I know Gorsty mentioned him a little bit earlier, but he's one that I've been really impressed with this season. And he'll probably be relishing the fact that he's going to come up against Jordan Henderson, Fabinho, is he at that kind of level, do you think, to, to be at one of the, the top 
or traditional top six clubs. Obviously, West Ham right up there at the moment. And, and how impressed have you been with him this season? Massively, I, I think he. I think he is. I think, I think he's the sign that if Man United got instead of Ronaldo, or not maybe instead of Ronaldo because he has been good, but if they got him, then I, you know it might have made them a far more formidable team. You know, I just think. He's got a bit of everything. He's he's energetic. He's tall. He wins a lot of headers. He's pretty strong, and I think he uses the ball far better than he gets credit for. And, you know, I think he's popped up with a couple of goals this season, um, which isn't something he's done a great deal of in the past. You know, I I I think I don't think Liverpool are interested in him or will be interested in him, but I think he's the type of player that be be a very good long term successor for a Jordan Henderson at Liverpool. Um, I just think he's got a bit of everything, but. But then again, you look at it and think he'll come at a price tag of like 100 million nowadays. You know, he's sort of at that level now, isn't he? Where West Ham won't sell for any less. So, yeah, but I think he's a great player. I think um, he could play for any of the top clubs. Um, and again, you know, we, we talked a lot about West Ham's danger, man. But if Liverpool can keep him quiet, they can stop West Ham ticking at the weekend. So they'll want to get tight to him. They'll want to make sure he, he doesn't get too much time on the ball. But yeah, big fan of his. Yeah, I think it was only a couple of weeks ago that David Moyes said it was 100 million before. Now he started this season, it'd be more than 100 million. So certainly can't see Liverpool going anywhere near him for that sort of, of price tag. But uh, we'll finish then by going back to look at, at Liverpool. Doily, I'll come to you first. We'll go for, through our teams for the game. We know Alisson will be in goal. We've touched a little bit on the centre-backs. We touched a little bit on Simikas earlier on. Who are you going to pick for your back four for this one? <coughs> um Allison would have to go and goal, I think. I know. Um, right back Trent, Van Dijk, Matip, and hmm, I would. I'd still go Robertson, yeah. Yeah, I'm in agreement. I think Robertson comes back in for this one. Gorsty, is Robertson in your team, and what are you doing with the the centre backs as well? Yeah, it's a clean sweep on the Robertson front. I've been a little bit surprised by the strength of feeling towards how Simakas has to play and Robertson mustn't quite recently I think um people are okay he's, he's done well this season Simakas but I think people are getting a little bit perhaps a bit carried away by a small sample size based across four years of Andy Robertson being one of the uh, best left backs in Europe um but yeah I'm, I'm playing Robertson I'm playing Matt up as well so um Allison Trent Matt Van Dijk and Robertson. And Joe, your defence and, and your thoughts on, on the left-back as well. I think maybe the, the Robertson thing, there is a little bit of tiredness in there, but if there's ever a game that you want him, it's it's maybe a, a game like this one. Yeah, I agree, I agree with Gorsley. I do think there's, there's been a lot made. You know, I've sung his praises before. And I, I do think he's played very well this season, but I think there's been a bit too much made of like Costas must play ahead of Robertson. You know, I, I don't go along with that. And I think, you know, from just watching the game the other night, um, in the first half, especially, you could see that Oxide Chamberlain was in in Chimikas's ear quite a lot, um, you know, and you could sort of tell. I think that he's still got a bit of work to do in this Liverpool team in terms of defensively, you know, his positioning and whatnot. I just think Robertson is 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 far more advanced than that, and I think, you know. <laughs> I think it's just he's just like the sexy new thing, isn't he? Chimikas, he's coming this season, he's playing very well, set up a few goals. Um, and Robertson's been there, you know, what five five years now. So I think that that's all it is. But Robertson's a you know, for me, 
he's an automatic pick when he's fit, um, you know, for most big games. And, and that's why he'd be in my team this week. Kanata, yeah, I just think watching him against Brighton and a few times and getting caught out of position, um, I'm not sure it's the right time now for him to play. So I'd keep Matip in. I think he played very well the other night. Doyle made a good point. I thought he was very good against Burnley. So Matip for me, um, alongside Van Dijk and Trent. Yeah, clean sweep then across the goalkeeper and the defence. We'll move into the midfield. I think for me, Doyle, it's Thiago, Fabinho and Henderson. We don't see that trio too often and probably seems a little bit harsh on Oxlade-Chamberlain, but which three are you going to go for? We don't see it too often and we won't see it because it's going to be Henderson, Fabinho and Oxlade-Chamberlain. Definitely no Thiago? 100% not Thiago. 100%. Gorsty, are you uh, in agreement? <laughs> Uh, yes, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't be shocked if Thiago is played. I think these are our teams, aren't we? And I think I thought Thiago looked a little bit rusty. Actually, I think there was one period where he, he dwelled on a little bit too much, dawdled, looking for the pass, got dispossessed, and that let's go with right in in behind Liverpool's defence. Um, you know, I'd, I'd give him the full benefit of a couple of weeks, or at least a week, because I think they, they've got next week off. But full weeks training at the AXA, um week after the next, and. Um, maybe get him back in for Arsenal, but um, I'd have Oxley Chamberlain starting on Sunday again, yeah. And Oxley Chamberlain for you as well, Joe. I know obviously the, the big pitch at the London Stadium tends to play into to his hands a little bit, I'd say. Yeah, I think you know, if he hadn't played so well in midweek and, and you know, West Ham wasn't a factor, I, I might have been tempted to put Thiago in. Um, I, I think he was a bit unlucky in that moment, Gorsi. Yeah, I think that was just a case of him. You know, Liverpool were 2-0 up, pretty much cruising against a side with 10 men. And I think he did dawdle just because he had so much time on the ball. He was sort of looking around. I think in a, in a different situation, he, he wouldn't have done that. So I, I, I'd have been tem- tempted to play him in. But, but I think it's it's one of them, isn't it, with Liverpool, if they can get a couple of goals up or a goal up, you can bring Thiago on and maybe settle the midfield down. So, yeah, I'd go with Oxlade-Chamberlain. Fabinho just has to play. Um, and Henderson's energy will be needed. So, yeah, that's what I'd go with. Yeah, I thought Henderson was very good actually midweek as well. Yeah. Not always been the case this season, but excellent on Wednesday. And the front three, Donny, I'm sure we're probably going to agree on this one, given that Roberto Firmino is missing. Is it going to be Mane, Jota and Salah by any chance? No, um, <laughs> it's not. It's not. And I'll tell you why. Because there's a certain somebody who started the last two games at West Ham and they, and they won them both. Do you know who it is? Origi. It's Origi. So I think Origi's going to play. I think Origi, Salah and Mane. I knew when I said that you agree you were going to change something, but I didn't suspect <laughs> it might be that. I've not changed the line. I did the piece this morning saying, look, Origi, was it this morning? I think it was this morning, yeah. Saying Origi's played the last two. In the same way, I think Oxlade-Chamberlain played because of what Joe said before. He's got a good record there. So I think that's, you know, all right. Um, obviously, Jota's probably going to play, but I would not be surprised if Origi played. That's why I'm saying it. Yeah, Gorsley, which one are you going, going to go with? Yeah, again, a bit like Dooley, I wouldn't be completely shocked if Origi did start um, or Minamino, but I think a um, sensible option is to play Chota, Mane and Salad, isn't it? And Joe, just to, to finish us off, I thought Minamino actually did okay for his time on the pitch. That was in midfield, though, midweek. Probably not too much of a, a chance of us seeing him on Sunday, I wouldn't have thought. No, I don't think so. I, I think Rigi is the option if they go with one different 
Um, remind me thoroughly, who did you put him in for then in your in your? No Jota. No, no Jota. Yeah. Yeah, it's a difficult one. You know, I, I kind of get you know where Doyle's coming from, but I just think Jota. He just gets goals, doesn't he? He's a, he's a threat, and um, yeah, I, I've got to keep Jota in because he's just got that knack at the moment. Gets goals, seems to be very good in the air, very clever, gets himself to good positions, and I, and I just think he enhances Liverpool's threat when he's in that front three. So um, yeah, I, I'm going to go with Jota. And don't forget, Salah's on a massive goal drought. He's not scored in two games. So <coughs> Liverpool need need goals in that front three. So yeah, are you worried Jota, about them, Joe? Oh, God, massively. You, you know what? He's so he's so hungry for goals, isn't he, Salah? Like, on the, the last sort of half an hour on the game on Wednesday, he just got so greedy, didn't he? Because he just yeah. wanted his goal. <laughs> and, and you know, fair play to him. I, I love that about Salah. Is people have a go at him for being greedy. But for me, it just shows, like, you know, all the same. Messi, Messi's the same. Ronaldo's the same. They want their goal, don't they? And Salah was like, we're winning it. I'm getting a goal. And he just... Every single time he got the ball, he was running at them, trying to work his way into a shooting position. And um, it was a bit unlucky in the first half with that just brilliant touch and turn and, and shot all in one movement. So, yeah, no, um, I'm not I'm not too worried about Salah yet, but I might get worried if he goes another game because then it'll, it'll be like three weeks without a goal, which would be, be um, very worrying. Yeah, highly unusual for Mohamed Salah. I'm going to back him, though, in our match predictions to score for Liverpool. But I did say two all midweek and I got that one wrong. But I'm going to go for one each this time, Doily. It's a difficult game to predict. We don't quite know how Liverpool or how West Ham might play. But what do you think it might be? Do you think Liverpool will go there and win or will West Ham get something? Right, I know I know West Ham won, again, won at United in the League Cup. And I know that they beat Man City, but that was on pens. But whenever they played anybody decent over the past 18 two months, two years, under David Moyes, they've kind of plopped it, haven't they? So I do wonder. But the only difference is, is that like when they played Liverpool last season, they were totally defensive and got beat 3-1 at home. But I do wonder now if they play them, they'll have more confidence to actually have a go at attacking Liverpool. So I do. that's the, the concern for me, is that what in the past would have probably been seen as a... As a as a positive for Liverpool teams coming at them. I think if West Ham do that, that might cause them a few problems. So, in short, I think Liverpool still win 2-1. Interesting. Ghosty, you back in Liverpool as well? Yeah, do you know what? I think it'll be 3-0, but I don't think it's going to be a, a game that will sound like Liverpool have hammered them. I think it might get an early goal and then it'll be quite tight until maybe 75 minutes and then the second and then maybe... A late, late third, very late third, but yeah, I'm back. I'm back in Liverpool to to win this one. Yeah, Joe, you mentioned before you were going to go full Ian Doyle for your prediction. Well, Doyle's <laughs> gone for a win, so are you going for a win as well? Do, do you know what Ian, Ian Doyle's just convinced me maybe that I'm wrong. But I mean, it's he's right, isn't he? He's, they're funny one West Ham because they're one of those teams that every year whenever Liverpool go there, I think, oh, this is going to be a tough one, and then Liverpool just seems to comfortably win. So. And when they do play big teams, they, they quite often come on stock. So it's difficult. I, I I just fancy it. I think it's going to be a draw. I think 1-1, 2-2. I, I can see goals. I can see it being one of them where we all come out of it afterwards. There's been a few of them recently, hasn't there, with Liverpool, where we go, you know, why did Liverpool give away such and such a goal and, and, and drop points in that game? And I, I just got that sneaky feeling it could be 2-2, something like that, where, where Liverpool can see the late goal for a set piece and... 
and throw away a couple of points. So sorry, sorry to be um, so negative, but yeah, West Ham got soft. Mate. I, I won the Champions League with West Ham once. Um, she, it's not real. She, it's not real. Yeah, well, Joe. It's it, not real. it was. It was to me. Super run grad to me scored in the last minute against Juventus. <laughs> so, um, I, 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 I want to get that in there. You know, that, did you want, it, did it, you want it, us to do? Did you want us to do one two five on that? Yeah. You could do it was um, yeah. it was it was out of a game for West Ham you know nil no, nil no, no. <laughs> deep into stoppage time and um, and super up so, so your emotions after that game Joe some up your emotions after that game I um I was this was going back because because he came on for Jermaine Defoe so that that's how far we're going back but I jumped around in my dad's box room um, with joy <laughs> when that late goal winning um, it was it was a wonderful moment. Yeah. Is he from Thailand? I seem to remember him. He was, he was from Thailand. Yeah, yeah. Got him, got him from, he was six, he was getting you could get him when he was 16 from from um I think it was from Portsmouth. Bring him in. Yeah. And I trained him up and that, that season he, he really came through. And, <laughs> and eventually we sold the phone in the summer. We sold him, we didn't need him anymore. Wished him well, he'd, he'd been great for me, but always have a you know, always have a good relationship with him. But Super came in and, and scored from there. But anyway, there we go. So my prediction is two two. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, whoever wins on Sunday, Joe Rimmer will be happy. But we'll have all of the build-up and reaction to the West Ham game across the Echo, Liverpool.com and the Blood Red channel. For now, though, that's all we've got time for. Thanks for watching and for listening. And goodbye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.